episode of the positive charge and this week we have a very special few guests here with us so i'm gonna let them introduce themselves starting with alexa hi guys my name is alexa i'm a marketing specialist at unleash technologies which is a web development firm in columbia maryland Hi, everyone. My name is Shaisa, and I am currently a software engineering uh, senior analyst for Accenture Federal Services, where, which is also how I know Shar and Analika. And I've been here since July 2019, and that's how I got introduced to the STEM world. Awesome, awesome. And Analika? Hey, guys. My name is Analika. I am a cloud architect senior analyst at Accenture Federal Services. And I, um, like Shiza said, that's how I met Shar and her. And um, yeah, we work on um, with AWS and Ansible services in the tech world. Awesome. So as you can hear, we have a very diverse group of ladies with very diverse STEM backgrounds. And the topic we wanted to talk about today, a little late for Women's History Month, but we wanted to talk about what it means to be a female in STEM. I feel like everyone has their perception from watching TV of what it feels like, but I figured who better than this diverse group of young ladies to tell us exactly what it feels like to be a woman in STEM. Okay, ladies. So I just am so curious to hear, how did you all get involved in STEM? Um, so I actually got involved in STEM kind of by accident. I did event marketing for three years, uh, made it to the district manager level, and then I was looking for something new, and I fell into this tech company, and um, while I am one of the only females in most of the meetings, I absolutely love being there and feel like I have a, a voice that belongs there. Yeah, and you can make an impact. Love it, love it. For me, um, I did my high schooling abroad in um, Pakistan. And I think it's a very common thing in uh, Asian households that your children are expected to either be doctors, engineers, or lawyers. So I definitely don't want to do medicine. I wasn't into law. I always had a thing for computer science because it wasn't really offered in my high school. But I remember I would like learn about it on my own. Just, you know, it always interested me. Um, So I decided to pursue it when I moved here to the U.S. for college. And then one thing after the other, I just, uh, I just ended up in computer science and throughout my time in college, every single person, like I I had a very good idea of what it was going to be like in the real world, because all my classes, I would either be the, like out of 40 uh, people, I would be, it would be like me and maybe like two other women. So I was already prepared for what I was going to face in the STEM world once I was out of college. Um, and I remember people saying, oh, like, are you, are you ready for this? Like, I hope you know that this is only like a 20, like the, the, the ratio of men to women is like 20 to 80. Like, I hope that you're, you know, ready for that. And I was like, I think I'm prepared enough. <laughs> yes. Um, we will swing back and talk about that. 
Yeah, for me, uh, similar to Shiza, um, I'm a child of immigrant parents. So I'm actually Nigerian. My parents never forced me um, to pick a profession, but it was pretty set. There are certain professions that was supported. So doctor, lawyer, engineer, that was pretty much um, the only choices. And growing up when I was younger, actually, I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician because I had loved my pediatrician and they were so nice and I liked people. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. And um, most of my aunts and uncles and cousins that were older than me were doctors during the medical field. So that was my immediate answer when people asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, But growing up, my dad was actually in tech. Um, So I remember like middle school, even elementary school, he would make, not make me, but he would just like suggest that I would try what I considered weird stuff because I never saw any of the other girls do it. Like it would just be me and maybe some other girls. So he would suggest like, oh, you know, try chess club or robotics club. And um, like growing up, he was like, oh, like learn how to speak Chinese. Like it was just always wow. um, things that I thought were weird. Um, but it was a good balance because my mom was like super girly. So I would take like I would I would I would take test club, but then I would also like have ballet or tap. Right. So it was like a good um, interest. And my dad never forced me to stick with any of those things but I would try robotics club and I liked it um even though I was one of the um, only few girls and then in high school is when I actually got serious uh in my high school we have different programs so there's like an engineering track and um a tech track a business track and um I was I had um gone the science and tech track so my middle, like my junior year and my senior year, I took like, um, intro, well, my junior year, I took intro to computer science and then my senior year, I took AP um, computer science and I had learned like Java and stuff in high school. So when I had gotten to college, uh, I was pretty familiar with that already, but I saw the big difference between high school where there were a lot of girls. It's really weird in high school where there were a lot of girls in tech. Well, in my school, like, there was a lot of girls. I mean, there was a lot of guys too, but there were a lot of girls. But then college, it's like they all evaporated. I, 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 I don't know. I didn't know where they were. Where did they go? Where did they go? Literally, like it was just me and maybe two other girls in every single one of my classes. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I got introduced to tech, mainly my dad. But then um, it was really just like, high school and the program that I was fortunate to like be in and I actually liked it. Yeah, I have a very similar story to you as well. My parents are also both immigrants and it also was imposed on me very young that I had to be what jobs they considered successful, lawyer, doctor, same thing. And I just wasn't interested in any of that. Um, And I think for me, I was always very stubborn and very type A. I like to do exactly the opposite of what everyone else wants me to do. Uh, So it ended up working out for me that my parents were not in any shape, form, or way involved in STEM. And so I felt by learning STEM, it gave me power, right? Like I knew something they didn't know. To them, coding was magic. And to me, I was like, wow, I like actually know something my parents don't know. This is so cool. So I got involved in middle school with engineering. And then in high school, I switched to coding I even won national awards for coding in high school and I got to college and I was like, nope, 
this is not for me. I can't deal with this, the types of personalities and just the lack of women. And I just felt like college wasn't meant to be torture. It shouldn't be torture. Shouldn't dread going to class every day. So I switched majors and I switched to information science, which is more the study of like the intersection of data science and psychology and how that meets technology and instantly more women. And I think honestly, just because we had some psychology thrown in, I think that that intrigued more women than just doing the algorithm side of just coding all day. And so when I graduated, I kind of expected to see like a 50-50 split and it was not that way. I found that all the women went to functional when I graduated and it took a very specific type of woman to kind of survive in that hardcore coding atmosphere. So let's talk about that. So do you guys notice a pattern of the types of females you're surrounded with on a day-to-day basis? Do you feel like you can be yourself? Do you feel like you kind of have to be a little more quiet or how do you feel about your day-to-day experience as being a female on your teams? For us, for at Unleashed Technologies, the the one woman that is in each meeting um, tends to be the most outspoken. They come with the most original ideas. Um, and, you know, those ideas get, because they are so original, get shot down or picked on um, in fun ways. And so you just kind of have to roll with the punches and not take take everything with a grain of salt, like um, being self-confident, um, being mm-hmm. willing to put yourself out there and take the criticism and just keep coming with answers. I love Those that. Are, yeah. Uh, do you feel like that, Alexa, do you feel like that makes you more bold? Do you think like, because you constantly come with these great ideas and they kind of get shot down in this joking manner, nothing um, too super critical, but do you feel like that challenges you to always come back and try to overcome um, the criticism and lead with better ideas? Oh, absolutely. Like if we have a big meeting, I know that, you know, if I come with five great original ideas, then by the end, we're going to have some form of a workable solution um, versus going through the book and doing what, just going through and step-by-step systematically making these mistakes and it takes so long and I don't want to do all that extra work. So if (laughs) I come with the best idea, then it generally saves us a step or two. Yes. Love that innovation. I think for me, I haven't like in my immediate team of like, I think it was, it's been between like three to four guys. And again, I'm the only woman on the team. And honestly, on like all of DevArc, I think the only women I know of is like Analika and one other person. Um, And then like initially when coming in, it was a little intimidating at first to like be going to like meeting rooms and just being like the the first of all an analyst like a new analyst and then also just being only female in the room um I think how I've grown from that is I made sure um and this did happen to me in the beginning where I would be talked over or I wouldn't be given the same credibility as as my fellow uh male co-workers so I decided that the only way that I could do that was by making sure that I had my own work stream to lead that was separate and like would not involve the other people on my team at all, which is good because that is how it worked out. And so 
based on that, I, that, that like, I still feel that way sometimes not with my immediate team anymore, but like, you know, on like the overall, uh, tech art team, like if we ever have like a bigger meeting where I have to invite managers or, uh, analysts or senior analysts from another team to have a meeting, like, I, and like, if I'm leading it or something, I always feel like I have to one up the other people there just because I know I won't be taken as seriously. And I just hate how, um, I always hesitate to like ask questions because it's just been ingrained in me from college. And like, from my early working experiences that it's just going to be assumed that because I'm a woman, I will not know as much, uh, in like the tech field. And like, I'm probably not the best coder out there. Um, so again, the way that I've decided to maneuver it is to just make sure that I can lead my own thing independently. Um, and then I just sometimes feel like I have to work twice as hard just to make sure that people know that I do know what I'm doing. Yes. Yes. My mom growing up always told me, um, one, because I'm a woman and two, because I'm black, I have to work twice as hard just to get the same level of recognition. And I think I've come to the point in my career. I also think it really has to do with teams because I did feel that way when I used to work at Accenture and now I work at Booz Allen and it's not that way at all. I feel like I came to the table, just used to that mentality of come out the door swinging. Like you have to work super hard. And I don't feel that way anymore. My boss is always, always gives me credit for the work I do. He always tells me where I need to focus. And I realize it's the environment you're around. And I don't think necessarily that that was ever the culture at Accenture. I just think that that was what I thought coming straight out of college. And I kept that mentality, but now I'm starting to realize I don't necessarily have to work twice as hard to get the same level of recognition, but for sure, working twice as hard has made me stand out. Like I for sure stand out to all my leadership as someone who always knows what they're doing. And if I don't know, I'm always coming to them with all those questions. So I think I've realized that it depends what environment you are in. Do you, are you in an environment that fosters that asking questions is a good thing and you'll for sure get what you need when you ask them? Or are you in an environment when you ask someone a question, they're pretty condescending and make you feel awful about asking that question. So I for sure learned it depends what environment you're coding in and that not all STEM environments are created equally. Yeah. So the, the condescending thing, that was something that I, that held me back so much initially because I did receive that condescending tone from higher ups a lot. Um, and that really like put me down and actually made me afraid to ask questions and have mental breakdowns at my desk. And it was because, <laughs> and I was like, it, I don't know why that was a thing. Um, but again, I think I've had two experiences side by side. So like with my immediate team of uh, four people, I don't feel that. Like I feel like I'm able to lead my own thing and with like confidence that I'm going to be able to do it. And if I go out of my way for, you know, work, like I'm always recognized, I'm always thanked for it. But then like, it's literally two experiences in parallel. But then when I compare it to like, when I'm working with the overarching team, then I'm like, oh, so how do I, like, I have to feel like I only have to prove myself when I'm with, like, working with people outside of just my immediate team. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yeah, no, um, that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, the condescending thing was something that threw me off so much because 
it, I was like, you're actually making me hesitant to ask questions and therefore you're hindering my learning experience. So mm-hmm. if I'm asking a question and you consider it stupid or you consider it to be something that I should obviously know, that sounds like a you problem. Like you should be <laughs> still guiding me through it, helping me through it, because that's only ultimately going to help me be a better team member and more and contribute more impactful work. That is so profound. And yes, such a problem in STEM. Analika? Yeah, um, I actually love this question. Um, there's so many layers to it. <laughs> and <laughs> there are so many layers to it. it um, going off of what Shiza has said, like we worked on the same you know, dev art team. It, we worked on different, like smaller teams now. But when we, like in the beginning, it was one big team that we kind of would all work together. And um, yeah, there was definitely um, a lot of gaslighting. I think it's that's like the consulting um, term. And like looking back now, because I, I did some research on it, it seemed as if, are you guys familiar with like sororities and like fraternities and stuff in like college? Mm-hmm. And I think especially like it being a male dominated um, industry and the team that we were on, this team had been around for like eight years or so and it was all guys like all all guys for um so the managers only really knew how to like relate with guys and like managed guys and and stuff like that so the conversation the culture was very it it was it wasn't like no we don't want girls here but it's like I mean this is how it is and we all like it here so if you don't like it then you can kind of leave and of course no one really said that but that's how I know I definitely had felt and um, me and Shiza would have conversations along those lines too. So I think it would be safe to say that we both kind of had felt that way. Um, and something that I had noticed was there was a lot of, um, I guess just being in tech, especially around like this age, like right out of college or, you know, two or three years out of college, you're making so much money, you know, like you're doing amazing things or so much innovation that you're doing. You're working with like amazing global companies and stuff like that. Um, and then guys just by society growing up, they're told like, you can do anything that you want and da, 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 da. like they, there's literally no like limitations for them most, um, for the most part. So it's like grooming this egotistic, prideful, like mm-hmm. it's all about the condescending. Like that's, I think really where the condescending and like all of that gets birth at like just throughout their um, lives. So when they get to these um, big roles, it kind of just exudes them. And like amongst each other, they might not really recognize it because they're all doing the same thing. So then now as a woman coming into this world, it's just like, what is this? Like, why are you, what it feels like you're attacking, you know, a simple question that someone else, if he was a man, you know, you wouldn't attack this way or you wouldn't belittle this way. So um, I know for me, that was something that Um, I had to kind of maneuver um, and it really started off, it really started off um, like what really changed the game for me was having to deal with what I call the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I had to really believe that I belonged at the table. Um, I remember when I first came in, it was, it was all guys and I really wanted, I wanted to be invited to the boys club. Like I wanted them to say wow we see you're so talented you know what you're doing 
come join us, please be an honorary member of this club. <laughs> and, you know, and yeah, no, honestly, right. And I, so I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, lay low, let my work speak for me, you know, da, 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 da. And that never wasn't, happened. that never happened. And it yeah. caused a lot of resentment. It caused a lot of frustration. Um, if it, it was just, no, it, it was just hell. It like, it was literally the worst feeling ever. And um, I had to get to a point where it's like, okay, where are these symptoms of imposter syndrome coming from? Why do I think that they know more than me? Or why do I think that mm-hmm. like, I can't share. And like, when a question is asked, why do I feel like I don't know the answer? Literally, Shar, there'd be times where they would ask questions and I will, I would literally be mute because it's like, I'm not opening my mouth unless I'm a hundred percent sure about what I'm talking about because I don't want to sound dumb. Yeah. So it's like, if you never open your mouth, you don't really have a voice. So you're going to get overlooked. You know, like that's literally what it was. So it had to get to a point where it's like, no, I might not know everything, but you also don't know everything, right? Mm-hmm. So um, really understanding that like no one actually really knows what they're doing. No one's perfect. <laughs> it's like, no, really, like no one really knows what they're doing. Um, they have all of these like accolades, master's programs, like whatever, but we're, you know, we're like on the same boat and like we're in the same boat and I'm going to figure it out, right? Like they mm-hmm. started somewhere. They start somewhere just like me. So I think right now, I've gotten to a place where um, I now have a voice, I now have opinions and they have to respect that because I believe in myself and I've created a, I've created a seat at the table for myself that can't be taken away because it was never given to me to begin with. So um, that's really, really helped me. And then it's just grown my, um, it's grown my confidence in my own skill sets. And then that just comes with, I guess, experience, right? So I know a lot more now than when I first started. Um, so what I would say to any any woman, any girl that um, desires to be in the tech world is that expect to fail, <laughs> like expect to not know everything, expect to be made fun of, um, unfortunately, you know, but um, but like, it's okay, keep going. If, there's some, if, if it's something that you really desire to do because it's it's just a learning experience. You have to mess up to to really grow. So um, you know, just continue at it. You're going to you're going to get it because you're smart. You're 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 smart. You belong there. That's why you got the job. You know. Yes. Oh my goodness. I just need like some finger snaps for all that you just said. Um, Especially so the part about the seat at the table. I was snapping on you so hard. Yeah. So many layers of intersectionality. I love that word intersectionality. There's so many different parts that go into what makes being a female in STEM so hard. Um, And I'm pretty sure just in general, being a person in STEM is hard to begin with. Let's start there. But you touched upon imposter syndrome, which everyone experiences, not just women, not um, just men, everyone. But I met a recruiter and they said the interesting thing about the difference between women and men when it comes to imposter syndrome, they said, I've done so many interviews and men will come to the interview and they'll pretend they know it all. And we'll be like, yes, we're hiring this person. It's going to be great. And they'll get there. And we're like, what? what happened? I, th- I, I thought you knew everything. And they said, they'll interview women and women will downplay their skills so much. And then they'll hire the woman and they'll be like, you know, so much more than you let on during your interview. So I think that's such an interesting 
point that women have, we've been taught that, like you said, Annalika, unless we a hundred percent know for sure that that's the answer without a shadow of a doubt, we won't pretend we know something, but men, <laughs> they don't have that problem. And I think that my advice would be, you, you know, more than you let on, right? Most people know more than they let on. And I think just leading with that confidence that you talked about, Annalika, and just knowing that it's okay to mess up. It's okay to fail. You should want to fail and you should want to fail fast so that you can learn and grow and everyone should be okay with failing. I love that. So my last question for you guys, I find that I talk to a lot of males and they think that they're being hundred percent fair when it comes to this inequality in STEM. And so what would be your advice to someone who really does want to treat us fairly and just doesn't realize that we feel left out or just doesn't realize that they're being condescending or just doesn't realize that they're not giving us an opportunity to speak up? What would you, what would be your advice to those people? That's such a great question. (laughs) My advice for those uh, individuals would be that they need to look at the system's behavior versus the, their individual um, contribution. Um, so you brought up a really good point that uh, females have to work harder than men to even prepare to come to a meeting. So what that does, or we have to do our own thing, we have to silo ourselves to breed our skills and make ourselves so much better. And when we do that, we're not um, training people under us. We're not showing management skills and leadership skills. And so by taking our time to bring the best answers, maybe we're not developing the leadership skills that men get a a chance to just run with right away. Um, and so that's like a, like a system problem, a whole environment. Um, so maybe they can't change their individual behavior to address that, but they 100% can say, oh yeah, that happens all the time. Like that's a story I hear 100% of the time. I know she works hard. I know she comes much more prepared to the meeting than I ever do. Um, So then maybe when it's time to take on the intern or um, lead a project, they're like, oh, well, Char has been showing really good promise why don't you give her one too? Like just standing up for what they've seen for that work that they've seen. Exactly. Kind of like see something, say something, but for tech, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And also you hit a good point. There's a lot of research out there about how when we have females who lead females in higher level management, there's a lot more productivity. And it says that women are more likely to take care of the employees And when employees feel like they're cared about and nurtured and that they can come to their boss and express their grievances and even personal life, that they feel empowered and they feel important. And when they feel empowered and feel important, they're more willing to do a better job. So I will provide a link to those research studies, but I agree, we do need more females in management. There's also a lot of research studies about how just having females at the top of the table and in these meetings have also came to better ideas. Like for example, we all drive cars. Why is there no purse hook in our car? Most women have a purse or a bag at least. And we all drive cars. 
but they're not geared towards the female body. Also, most car crashes don't actually protect women. Why? Because cars are built around a male's body frame. That's just crazy. 50% of the population is women, but 50% of the population isn't properly protected in a car crash. Shiza, do you have any ideas of how we can make it better or any advice to give to your male coworkers? I would say to like, again, I think a lot of people come in with like uh, preconceived notions, like um, especially if they're already coming from like, you know, a very technical background, like in engineering or computer science to learn to basically um, unlearn those preconceived notions that you may have about women in STEM and to just, it's a very simple thing to just treat a fellow female coworker as an equal. Like you don't have to think that just because we're females, we won't know as much or um, that we'll like think differently Um, and just have, I think one thing I've noticed being in Tech Arc has been, there's just such a lack of emotional empathy or they're just very emotionally inept and like I think that's one place where like the males and females like are so different um just I just would advise them to have a little bit of you know um don't be as emotionally inept and just have a little bit more empathy and to also just factor in you know as Annalika was saying it's kind of been the environment that like okay, well, we're all five dudes, you're the only female, and you're here, so we're just going to continue to talk about what we want to talk about and continue to, um, you know, have interests and hobbies that uh, we're all about, and if you don't fit into that, you can leave. So just kind of build a more inclusive environment Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, not make the other person feel like they have to go out of their way to establish a place for themselves. Like just have a welcoming environment, just, you know, also factor in their interests as well. It's, it's not just about the people that are present that are in the majority. Yes. Because if you continue the way things have been, then you'll never innovate and you'll never change. I agree. I agree. Analika, do you have any advice? Yeah. Um, so I really like the male partnership um, and like supporting women on your team. When you see that they're being cut off by your male counterpart, stand up for them. You know, um, like, no, Annalika actually didn't finish her point. Um, Annalika team, team finish. Right. Because, I mean, of course, as women, we need to get to to that place where it's like, no, I actually, like we, we stand up for ourselves and we speak for ourselves, right? But especially if she's a junior level or just graduating from college, there's a, and there's a, um, a team of 30 men, right? It could be intimidating, right? And she'll get there, right? But she might not be there at that moment when she was cut off. So as a male coworker, um, you don't have to be her friend. You guys don't have to eat lunch for you to see that someone is being disrespected and for you to mm-hmm. stand up and support her right um and I would I would see that even in code reviews right like I felt like my code reviews would be so much more critical than um the other the other guys because I would be added to their code reviews and things that I did things that they did and then I kind of like followed or whatever I'd be called out but their code review would be um approved and it's just like what is that like why (laughs) you know like let's like let it be fair all across the board um so if 
So if, yeah, um, there was a few, I would say that there were maybe like two guys on my team that did do that from time to time. And I always really appreciate it. And I noticed how I would kind of um, gravitate. Like if I had a question, I would gravitate towards those two more than the other guys on my team um, that would make a big deal because I had a question. Oh, wow. You didn't, you don't know that. That's, that's so easy. Right. It's like, okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Um, so I would definitely say that. And then, uh, okay. So there was this um, director um, that talks about, he loves, he prides himself um, at Accenture that he doesn't, he doesn't see, okay, how do I, there's this director that talks about how he promotes the best, right? So it's not about the color of your skin. It's not about if you're, it's not about your gender. It's not about anything or, or it's about just good work habits or good work ethics, right? He promotes people that know their job. And as awesome as I think that is, um, and, I, and I, I believe he means well, he has good intentions because he does. I've seen him promote um, a lot of women to management and stuff like that, even people of color, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I think he means well, but I think it's interesting because that that thought process without the understanding that women have to literally work harder or society caters to men to be in these tech fields, um, I think kind of plays ignorant, right? Because it's, it, you want, I don't know, it's like you want women and men to be in equal playing fields when they get the jobs, but the reality is most of the time they're not, right? Because they weren't offered um, the same opportunities. Yeah, I don't know, like the same opportunities, you know? So I think like, like turning your cheek on that, like there's statistics, there's research on that, right? Like it's, I'm not, I'm not making it up, right? Like to yeah. turn your, to turn your eye from that and just like act ignorant to that fact, I think is very, is one, a part of the problem, right? So um, I always thought it was interesting because it's like, okay, how, how, like, what about, like, let's just address that elephant in the room, right? Like, let's address it. And so if you see a woman um, on your team and she's struggling a bit more in the beginning um, and you really want, you really want, like, you don't care about, you know, gender or, or race, how about just offering additional mentorship or like professional development, right? Mm -hmm. um, instead of literally leaving her there to hang dry um, until her like feedback is just so bad and um, there's no emotional intelligence on her team and she's literally by herself and then she leaves tech altogether, you know, um, and goes do something else. So I, I would say like, just, I don't know. I don't know if it's emotional intelligence or just like offering like women additional mentorship and like professional development to grow in these skills that they might be newer to than their male counterparts. If you really, I, I would say any man that would, that says that I really do want to see women succeed and grow um, in technical skills. That's a great opportunity for you to. Um, yes. To address the inequity as well as the inequality. I completely agree. Um, my advice just to close out would probably be to leadership. I think that it is a systematic problem that has been around for so long that 
we're seeing a lot of male leadership. And like you said, they'll claim that they want equality and that, you know, they're promoting the best of the best. But I had a very recent experience where there was a male on my team who didn't do anything, like anything. I did 90% of the work, if not more. And at the end of the day, he somehow got promoted and it was baffling to everyone, including everyone on the team, not just me. And I didn't, even though I single-handedly almost carried that product by myself. And it just made me realize like there was no way on any earth that if someone was being honest with themselves, they could say, yes, I promoted him for any other reason because it wasn't like his work spoke for himself. You get what I'm saying? Just addressing those moments and really analyzing, am I making a fair decision? Because most of the time it's not a blurred line. Most of the time it's a very blatantly biased decision. And so I challenge leadership to really, really reflect on these decisions they're making. Because when you do things like that, what it screams is, even though I work twice as hard to deliver this work, never mattered. So why would I bother, right? Why would I bother putting in 60 hours a week? Why would I bother working the overtime to try to, you know, join this boys club and be as great as the boys when at the end of the day, I'm still not even going to be recognized for the work. And someone who didn't do the work is going to get that recognition that I deserve. So I really challenge leadership to really look at the messages you're maybe subconsciously or without meaning to sending to your team. And also just, I've heard things like, oh, it's acceptable if Shar wants to do 21 story points and Chris can only do 12. It's not, because at the end of the day, it means you're acknowledging that it's acceptable that a woman can do 50% more work than her male counterpart. And if we're all on the same team and we're all supposed to have the same opportunities, the same playing field, the same resources to grow and learn, why am I doing 50% more? And why is that being acknowledged by the boss as acceptable? So leadership, I strongly encourage you to reflect on just the little things you say and really think about what messages you're sending to your entire team. Are you enforcing this idea of inequity? Are you enforcing this idea that women have to work harder than men to get the same level of recognition or any recognition at all? Really, really challenge yourself and think about the decisions you're making, especially when it comes to promotion times. To add on to one thing that I would also want to advise, because I just talked about, you know, advice to men and what Annalika said was like very spot on in terms of having some emotional intelligence and really just some support. Um, But as for women, um, I think I would advise any female coming into STEM to just not doubt their abilities because of all of their, you know, past experiences and just like having this fear in them, like, okay, we're going into a field with, which is, you know, predominantly men. And that will lead to you doubting your own abilities and, you know, that can slow down your success. So my advice to them would also be to not do that, to not let that get to your head. uh, And that this is a collective experience that all of us women will face and that it'll be quicker and easier to get out of it. Um, when you don't doubt yourself and you are like steadfast and knowing that like, okay, you know what? I got this. The skills that I acquired through my education are just as good as anyone else's and that I can do this and I can push through. Shaiza, I completely agree with everything you said. Does anyone else have any other closing marks? Yeah, I do. I wanted to add something. So I 
I had mentioned about how men can support women like their coworkers, but I also wanted to um, just advise women um, how we can, how senior women who have been in tech for a couple of years and now they've grown, I'm even speaking to myself, now they've grown in their confidence. They know that they belong at the table, they're confident in their skill sets um, to definitely you know, give back um, that's, that support that you wish that you had as a junior level, um, right out of college, um, to offer that to the, the junior level um, women that are, are um, joining the tech force as well. So basically what you wish you had, uh, the support that you wish you had, being able to offer that to them. Uh, I remember like when Shiza had started and she had mentioned that there was, there was one day, I don't, I don't really remember if she had more than once, but there was one day where she was just really going through it um, at work at her desk. And I had like went over her desk. I said, yeah, let's go, let's go upstairs. Let's grab some tea, right? And we literally went to um, this like room and we closed the door and I said, girl, just let it out. You know, like just let it out. <laughs> she looked, she looked like she was about to hurt somebody. <laughs> She like you know she was gonna hurt somebody because I, I I remember if I remember clearly like someone was ignoring her and she like had a question or something like that and um she she you know she just let it out and I expressed similar um I had expressed similar um something similar that had happened to me right so just kind of supporting her letting her know like you're not crazy you know because there was a time where I was I have thought like okay maybe I'm being emotional maybe I'm you know, like maybe it's me or, right? Like they didn't necessarily say this, maybe it's all in my head and I'm reading it wrong. But when I had seen her go through that and she had very similar sentiments as me, it's like, oh no, there's actually something here, right? So um, I really liked that we had each other to, to support. Um, we had one another to um, support each other since at the time we didn't have the other guys to do that, right? Um, mm -hmm. And we just encouraged us, we encouraged each other through it and it was it was just great, right? And I, even, I remember when you were on the team, you'd go to lunch and, you know, like do things together. So really just like women supporting women. I think we do it naturally, but that was just something that I wanted to add. Um, Cause I think sometimes you see senior women and they forget about, like, I think as junior women, we support each other well, but. I, I really wanted to call like the senior women, make sure that you are um, supporting the junior women um, and just remembering like where you had started and the difficulties that you had when you had first started. Yes. And I remember um, one of the things I started when I was at Accenture was a ladies lunch where we would just come and just talk, you know, what did you do this weekend? How are you feeling? How is your work? Are you excited? Do you is there anything you're interested in? Can I help you? And I remember the last one before I went to booze, um, there was a girl on the InfraArc team and she just said how impactful it was watching her female lead, Brianna, step up in meetings and not allow men to shut her down and not allow men to speak over her and truly fight for what she was trying to say and get her point across. And it made me realize that we have all grown to have this confidence after being in the workforce for two or three years, but we don't realize how much the junior uh, developers are looking up to us or how, even though we feel like we might be a little aggressive in a meeting because it's perceived that way by our male counterparts, it's inspiring 
to younger women who have not found that voice, who have not found that confidence or that ability to stand up for themselves. So I agree. We often don't see or don't realize how much empowerment we can give to each other as well. We don't necessarily always need a man to step up for us. Sometimes just seeing each other do it can be very impactful. It doesn't necessarily have to come from a developer. Like if there's other women in tech in marketing roles or accounting roles or um, HR roles specifically, you can play a role in this too, just by making sure that the new uh, teammates feel welcomed and that you valued their input in a meeting or suggesting them for a team. Um, I know we work when we're making proposals to land new deals, we always go to the male uh, lead devs to ask them for their time to quote this. While, you know, I know that our newest female lead could do it every time. Um, and every time I do suggest her. And um, we also had to hire some dev interns. And I was involved in that this, this past month. Um, and it was really, while I was going through the applications, we had questions like rate yourself one to five on your ability to do this, this, and this. And sure enough, all the men were fives <laughs> and all the women's were twos and threes, but I called them anyway. And it turns out that they had the exact same experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just keeping your eyes open for that. And anyone who works around tech, can facilitate those opportunities. Yes, yes, yes. That is such a great point. Do we have any other closing remarks? Um, I just wanted to, I actually wanted to touch on this earlier, but I went on and on about something else. Um, It was that, it was the the support thing that Annalika said. And I did want to point out the fact that it was just, she was like my source of, comfort and again just my validation that that my experiences are real and that it's not just me and that really helped me know that I have a support system and I would want to do the same thing for someone who will be in my shoes like I would want to go out of my way to make sure that their experiences don't necessarily have to be like ours and even if they are that you know we can get through it together um and recently we had a like our project was having a we've been having these a lot actually and I've really appreciated it one was like a self-care call um and then the other one was just about how much of a struggle it is to be a woman and work from home especially for those women who have children and who have families to also look after and just attending those two calls, even though they were from women like all over the project, was just so comforting. It offered so many different perspectives. And it just, again, like validated my experiences. And there, it's always good to know that you're not the only one going through something and to have like open discussions about things like this. And the day that Annalika mentioned where I was having like, you know, I wasn't having a day at my desk and she took me away and like gave me some tea to calm me down. Um, the next day, a very similar incident was happening. And um, Aaron was sitting right next to me, uh, who was also another uh, female on the tech art team. And she saw 
a manager like you know speak to me about something and like it was clearly not right and I didn't say anything because by that point I had just been so desensitized to this I was like okay you know what whatever I'm just gonna keep doing my work and then she just pulled me to the side and she was like yeah like I 100% just saw what happened and even though I didn't even say a word to her I didn't even I didn't even express anything I didn't say a word I just kept doing what I was doing but her just pulling me to the side and being like I just witnessed what happened and I 100% have been through the same thing. I don't know how they expect you to know this. Like you just started, but then she actually went ahead and walked me through how I was supposed to do that thing. And just such a small gesture like that. I just appreciate it so much. And I truly hope that I can reciprocate it for anyone in the future who may be in the same position as I was. Oh, wow. See, I love this. I I love this note that we're ending on because we are the positive charge. We do talk about positivity, but I think it is important to point out that we can always do better. That's, that's why we come here. That's why we listen to find ways we can do better. So I hope that everyone listening heard at least one action step that they can take one small change that they can make in the workforce, whether you're in STEM or whether you're not in STEM to just acknowledge those who deserve to be acknowledged, to just make everyone feel welcome. Because at the end of the day, you do belong to be there. You do. As Annalika said, as Shiza said, as Alexa said, all three of these ladies and all the ladies out there, you deserve to be where you are and you don't have to work twice as hard just to prove a point. And I just hope that this was enlightening to some of you. I hope that you can check your cognitive bias in the future, that you can analyze why you're making certain decisions, especially leadership, and you can treat all your employees fairly. So with that, we're going to end today. So impactful. I feel like we could talk about this for hours and one day we might, Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in once again for the positive charge.